Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday to you here on 1450 Sports Buzz. Apologize for the late start, but we're here now, and there's a lot to talk about. Like I said last week, this is going to be a draft-heavy week on the show. So we're going to talk a lot about the NBA draft. We're going to talk scenarios, hypotheticals, this and that, and I'm excited to do it. We will also talk about some recruiting news because it just seems like, Trevor, this class of 2015 will not die. Uh, it, it continues to go on. There may be an end in sight. There may not be, depending on what you hear. Uh, we'll also talk about the U.S. Open, which was just an ex- excellent and exciting golf tournament, something you don't get that often. Uh, and Trevor, I know you're not a golf fan. Did you find yourself tuning in on, on Sunday night? Uh, I found myself keeping an eye on it. I, didn't, I wouldn't say I was tuning in, to be exact, but I did keep an eye on the leaderboard uh, to a degree. And as you can probably hear me typing, I forgot to put out the, uh, the the show thread on what we're going to talk about. Um, but how do you know what? today, man. What have you been doing? Watching highlights of U.S. Open all day? I mean, what? It, it's 4 o'clock. Well, well, I we, mean, we, this we, isn't 1 o'clock in Captain Arctic's backyard. I mean, it's, it's 4 o'clock in the east. We, we had a little hiccup on uh, uh, the, the, the Skype had frozen for me, uh, which was not good. Uh, but besides that, I am running, not necessarily behind, but it's been a busy day, Trevor, as always. I, I mean, even just recovering from Charlottesville, there's more stories, there's more going on. And, and I'm going to talk about this for a second because this kind of bugged me. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not really shy to, to talk about anything, as you all have figured out here on, on 1450, the sports bus. So there was a thread on our premium board, Trevor, on our premium board. So these are paying members who I respect. Uh, I'd say 98% of them. They pay for their premium membership so they can talk on the message boards with people that are. Uh, so what you're telling you know, me is it only costs ten dollars a month for you to, to gain your respect? <laughs> no, no, that's not necessarily true because there's people that pay much more than that uh, to do other things away from message boards that I I don't respect whatsoever. But they're but they want to get away from just the anybody can comment section just. Uh, anybody can have an opinion behind a keyboard, no, not stand next to what they're saying, and and, pull, and post whatever they want. They want to get away from that to a more selective group that generally have more well-thought-out opinions. Not always. Not always. There's plenty of people that don't pay for message boards that are very well-informed. But anyways, long story short. So there was a thread on our message board that stated that uh, the, the thread title was basketball slash football recruiting coverage. And it, and, he, and the guy kind of complained about both. He, he complained that there wasn't as much as both, but specifically basketball, which, Trevor, this may be a surprise to you, but that's my job. So uh, he, he mentioned that there wasn't as much basketball recruiting as he was hoping for. Uh, he feels that it has slacked in the last few months. He wants more inside information, this and that. Stop slacking, well, man. Well, 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 and, and you know, I, I, I took a little offense to it. Now, I, I, I stand by my work, and I'm, if I, have a, if I have a slow week where I only get in a few stories, I feel almost, you can ask Hannah about it, I almost feel sick about it. I've, having a job where you work from home, it is easy for most people to go a day and not do anything and not realize it. I'm generally biting, you know, chomping at the bit to be able to do work and write stuff. This and that. So if I have a week where it's a slow week, I'm paranoid. I'm, I, I look more frantic than a week where I work five days for, you know, a true 40-hour week. So, okay, I, I like criticism. It kind of motivates me. It makes me want to do a better job. I'm all for that. But I also do want to stick up for myself and stand by my work. The last five days, Trevor, five days, we've had 12 stories on the web, 12 basketball recruiting stories. 12. And I, and I know that maybe people listening at home that aren't members of Cats Illustrated or don't follow the website as much don't really necessarily know what that means exactly. Uh, but that's over two stories a day. And for basketball recruiting content at this time of the year in the dead heat of summer, I'm sorry. But if you're going to complain about that, I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, I really don't. Did you make uh, a comment so on the message a- board to him? Oh, there, it's, this, this thread on the message board is now 68 comments deep with well over 1,000 views. 
So it's gone back and forth, and the majority of people have stuck up for me, which I appreciate. And there are some people that have kind of agreed with him and said that there's not as much basketball recruiting news as they would have hoped for. And my only response is, you know, when it comes to, and we're going to talk plenty about this today, I promise, when it comes to Jamal Murray, guess what? I don't, I don't have an inside leg on that recruitment. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to post stuff I don't know. Uh, but guess what? Nobody in Kentucky does. Jamal Murray's family is only talking to Canadian reporters, and that's a fact. Hey. He's only talking to Canadian reporters, and nobody knows about it. So yes, I do. I, I, I and if you're paying, and I understand, I, I'm not trying to throw these guys under the bus or criticize them for their their complaints because I, I like to, you know, like I said, it motivates me. I like to hear it. Uh, it makes the website better. It makes me better. It makes everybody better. But I do feel it's a bit unfair. Uh, especially with a, such a strange, wild cr- recruitment as Jamal Murray's has been. If you like, I can pretend to be a Canadian reporter and try to get some inside information for you. That, I would like that. That would be fine with me. I can, I can, I can, I can pretend to be Canadian. Uh, what's this, uh, Mr. Murray? What, uh, what a boot? What about you heading to college? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, I somehow it became like a Jamaican Canadian there in some way. I don't understand why. Yeah, you know, maybe uh, I think we probably have an idea. Uh, Captain Arctic says, is this guy just trying to troll me? And uh, th- that's kind of what I thought at first. But, you know, you can't please everybody. I mean, did you at least put and, up an article with the announcement coming tomorrow from Jamal Murray? Well, we're going to talk more about that. Okay. We're going to talk more about that. There, I mean, listen, we've got a Jamal Murray thread on our board right now that is – and each thread page goes to 50 comments. It goes to 50 comments, and then it goes to the next page. Uh, we have a Jamal Murray thread on our page that is on page five, has well over 215 views or, or replies, and near nearly 8,000 views. What could I'm possible? I mean, what could they know, possibly it, be talking about to that to that extent about a about a recruit? I just don't understand. It, 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 it just, at that point, you're like discussing childhood memories he may have had when he was in elementary school. Unless there's a bunch uh, of people on there saying how no. the, their uncle was a chauffeur who saw Jamal Murray getting in a cab down in Lexington two weeks ago or something like that, secretly. No, it's more people debating, and we're going to talk Jamal Murray here, and we've got and we've got enough time in this first segment to kind of get the majority of this stuff in. So there is a uh, a reporter, a Canadian reporter, that. Because everybody, well, the only people talking to Jamal Murray are Canadians, and, and that's pretty much it. Oh, uh, so there's Canadians. <laughs> there is so, and there's plenty of them. I mean, there's more Canadian basketball recruiting guys than you would have ever thought this side of the Mississippi uh, and the other side, because Canada is pretty large. Uh, but his name is Sonny Barros, and he's been the one that's been tweeting, uh, been tweeting a little bit of everything with this stuff. And what, what he said is that Jamal Murray is announcing on Tuesday at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. And nobody else had heard anything about this. And he had also said that Jamal Murray was officially reclassifying to the, class, to, to the 2015 class, which is something that we had, everybody had speculated, everybody had guessed, but we, we didn't know exactly if it was going to be official. But here we are, and, and that does seem to be official. It does seem he's going to be a 2015 recruit. That's surprising nobody. But you did have Evan Daniels. You did have some other guys saying, you know, maybe this report isn't everything we thought it to be. Maybe maybe this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Because sure enough, this morning he said the decision will not be on ESPNU. That was a mistake. So it does at least make you question the guy's credibility. And this guy has been saying Oregon the whole way. He wrote an article basically uh, as a cheerleader for Jamal Murray possibly going to Oregon. Now, that being said, all the signs are pointing to Oregon. There's not a lot of buzz from Kentucky's side of things. Uh, we haven't heard about UK feeling confident about landing Jamal Murray. So he may not be wrong in the fact that he's going to Oregon, but I don't think he knows. I don't. I don't think he knows exactly what's going on. I don't think he knows uh, what to what to really expect whenever he does make a decision, if it is, in fact, Tuesday, which we can't confirm at this point. For the record, we can't TJ, confirm that he's good. I don't think anyone. I don't think CanadianBallers.com would just hire anybody. <laughs> You're right. It is I mean, that's a, a respectable website, my friend. It, 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 he says he is a basketball concierge. Uh, it, it, he 
you know, it's, it, it, I'm not, I don't want to rip this guy because he probably does more know, he probably does know more about it than I do. He's a Canadian basketball concierge. He probably knows more about it than I do. Uh, and I think that is strictly, ge- you know, geography. I think it's location that's playing a big role into that. But we're not ready at this point to say that he's officially announcing Tuesday. And I was told by UK or somebody close to UK, not by UK specifically, this was not a statement from UK, uh, somebody close to UK that they were expecting a decision this week because they thought the reclassification was going to happen this week and they were going to be ready to go after that. So if that's the case, a decision may be coming this week. There's not a lot of buzz out of Kentucky. So it does maybe seem that signs are pointing to Oregon. But I want Kentucky fans to take a step off the ledge to realize, one, it's not official. It's it's not 100% that he's going to Oregon. He hasn't committed yet. And two, to reiterate that if Kentucky were to... If, if they were to not to miss out on him, I suppose, and not add anybody else, because there are some rumors that UK may add somebody else to the class of 2015, which I don't think is true. If they were to add anybody else, or if they were not, excuse me, they're fine. They will be okay. There's plenty to like about next year's team. Uh, I can list the reasons why. Jamal Murray would be a huge addition, and this isn't, Trevor, this isn't me trying to to cover all the bases. But, I mean, Kentucky will be competitive without Jamal Murray next year. So, Kentucky fans need to realize, one, it's not official he's going to Oregon. Two, even if he does, it's not the end of the world. We shouldn't listen to the Canadian basketball concierge on all our recruiting news. Well, then who do I listen to about my Canadian basketball? I I don't know who else to go to. I mean, the guy does have a picture of himself with Walt Frazier, so clearly he knows what he's doing. (laughs) Again, I don't want to rip this guy because when it comes to this recruitment, he probably knows more about Jamal Murray's side of things than I do. And he's from the sixth largest city in Canada. But he's already he's already been wrong about the ESPNU thing. You already have some very respectable people in in the in the United States, south of the border of Canada, that have said, "Hey, be cautious of this guy and his reporting." There even was another website that called out Mister Sani for plagiarizing uh, an article. So take a step back from what he's saying. Look at it just from what we know for factual evidence, which is, one, he's probably going to announce this week. Two, he has officially reclassified to 2015. And three, there's not a lot of positive vibes coming out of Kentucky, so maybe things aren't great. But that's not over. Uh, There's been plenty of... Go on, I'm sorry. I'm just, there has been plenty of recruitments for Kentucky where things haven't looked fantastic heading into them, and you've been surprised. And I'm not saying put all your stock into Jamal Murray going to Kentucky, but I think everybody kind of needs to wait and see, at least in an additional 24 hours. Because Twitter and our message boards are going rampant with uh, speculation. Calipari's lost his touch, and, and UK basketball's in trouble next year. Wait, the cow's already lost his touch? Is that what you just said is a, a I guess, a ongoing thread on a message board in uh, on Cats Illustrated? There, yes, people have said that. Not on Cats Illustrated, uh, on Cats Illustrated too, but also on Twitter, also on other websites. People are worried about Calipari maybe not putting as much in recruiting. Uh, and, and, to, and, and maybe to their credit, to their credit, which I'm not going to put give them a lot of credit because they don't deserve it, but maybe to their credit, you know, and Trevor, I think you remember Rob Jones and I on Twitter got into a big back and forth about is this different for UK's recruiting class? You get into you a remember lot that? of people on Twitter. You're kind of a twi- I don't want to call you a Twitter bully, but you like to start fights on Twitter. I do not like that. Is absolutely a hundred percent false. I, I see you poking people on Twitter, I, and I've heard you've gotten into other, other Twitter debates with other uh, writers on there before. You got a little bit of a Twitter uh, shortcoming there, or something. I don't know. That's not true. The old me, I did, but the past year there hasn't there hasn't been many. Oh, so now you admit it, but it's just been a, within a year you've been better. Okay, so you've gotten past that. You've grown. You've matured. I have grown and matured. Good. I, I'm glad I, to I, hear that. I, I've I've grown in more ways than just my maturity. Okay, uh, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, there are people out there that that think he's lost a step. And Rob Jones and I went back and forth about this. 
Uh, and Rob said that this is different. And at that point, I wasn't ready to say that because there were still several five stars that were still available, including Jamal Murray. And I wasn't ready to say that. Now, I will eat crow and I will personally talk to Rob and say, you know what? You ended up being right. I was wrong. I thought they were going to get at least one of these other guys, if not two. I'll admit that I'm wrong. If he doesn't land Jamal Murray, something's different about this recruiting class. And maybe it was the platooning. Maybe it was, maybe the tide has turned on John Calipari and Kentucky isn't the, the cool school anymore. Maybe which Kentucky I would fans argue. are just playing flat out spoiled over the, the over, over, over the top recruiting that he has had in his first four years there. Maybe that could be it. And about, and that even though he's only bringing in two top five recruits at this point already into this season, it's it's considered he's lost his touch because it fails in comparison to the rest. If a running back runs for two thousand yards, does he have a crappy season if he runs for fifteen hundred next year? Well, you're right. Kentucky fans are spoiled. There's no way. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There, and that that I think actually is what this whole thing comes down to. You kind of jump the gun on it, but I think you're right about that. But this is a different year because Kentucky fans are spoiled. And I do think platooning had something to do with it. And I do think 2015's class are just a bunch of kind of weirdos. You know, the fact that you could pick Mississippi State over Kentucky. You could pick California over Kentucky. You could pick, uh, you know, several Oregon over Kentucky, if that's what Jamal Murray ends up deciding to do. Uh, you could pick UNLV. I mean, there are plenty of examples where it's just, Two of those four you named were local universities to the kid, though. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, an exception. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the local thing makes sense from a certain extent, but even then, it's kind of you're you're rolling the dice. You you get a sense that you're rolling the dice with your future. But you know, I'm not here to argue or com- or, or or complain about what kids deserve. Fans are kind of spoiled. And, and I'm going to talk. We're going to head to commercial break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about why Kentucky is going to be really good next year, even if they don't get Jamal Murray. So try to talk people off the ledge. Uh, so stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz as the wind chimes are chiming. We'll be right back. Why are you playing Jimmy? Well, because I like to listen to him. Oh, you like to listen? That's what the problem is. Y'all listen. Well, what am I supposed to do, eat it? <laughs> no, 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 you're supposed to hear it. Hey, I just said I like to listen to it. No, 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 there's a difference between hearing and listening. See, white people, y'all can't hear Jimmy. You, 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 you listen. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. We're back. Sports, sports Buzz and Sports Talker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. And we've got a phone call. We're going to head straight into it from Captain Arctic, a normal tweeter, but calling in, which I always appreciate, here on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. Captain Arctic, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Teach. I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. How's the weather in Arizona? It's been uh, it's been quite toasty. It's actually cooled down today. It's only going to go to 109. Over the weekend, it was it was like 112. It was, it's been brutal. I'll tell you that. What do you, what do, you do when it's 112? I mean, can you even go outside? Can you can you even let your dogs out without breaking a sweat? No, you, what we do is we we fill up the um, we fill up this a big cooler with ice, and then we put on a wagon. And Mary, Mary, she pulls the wagon, and then I've got the uh, the dogs. And then every probably every you know twenty thirty minutes, they they just jump right up into this big thing of ice water, cool themselves off, and then they jump out, and we and we carry on. So it's it's kind of a, a different way of of living, but is that it works. Serious? You know? Is is that are you are you pulling my chain? Is that serious? Flat out serious. Couldn't be more serious. So, 
that uh, do you live? I mean, that sounds like a completely different world, not just a different way. I mean, Trevor, could you imagine doing that with your dog having to having to put that much work work into a walk? Hell no, my dog could get its exercise going up and down the hallway. It's gonna be fatter than me because I sure as hell ain't going outside. <laughs> well, the you yeah. know the, the breeds that we have, the breed that we have is quite you know quite active, and they you know they they've got to go, and so. Um, you just kind of, I guess it's like living in Minnesota in the winter. You just sort of adapt to the conditions. And uh, it doesn't take too long to put it all together. And uh, it, uh, it's, it's, it's all right. Captain, since you have like a Brady Bunch lawn and AstroTurf in your backyard, do you have to clean it up right away if a dog uses it on your yard? Because I don't, I don't know how no, AstroTurf no, reacts to dog poop. No, that stuff is um, is you see how it drains on the uh, football fields. It's, it's the same turf that they that they use in the stadiums, and it drains like almost instantly. So what they do is they, if you have dogs, what they'll do is they'll put a filler down that's uh, that kills the bacteria or whatever that you know the smell causes the smell right away, and it'll it'll drain right through. So it's it's an easy 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 maintenance. That must be nice, Captain Arctic. <laughs> All right, so I'll be I'll be quick. Yeah, TJ um, just lets his dog go in I the neighbor's yard to avoid cleaning it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's right so, about that. Um, I, I th- here, go on, Captain Arctic. I was just saying. Um, I sent you an article by email a little bit earlier. It was it was by you know Chris Mannix, the Sports Illustrated. He's an NBA guy, and I, I I found it really interesting in that the the whole article was about the Harrison twins, and one of the things that jumped off the page was. He was talking about how how they really got exposed, their weaknesses got exposed at Kentucky, and the hype machine only made it worse. And I'm thinking about this this 2015 class, and I'm just I'm just curious. Do you think those guys are smart enough to pick up on this kind of stuff? And and maybe they don't want to come. Maybe they don't want to come to UK and have all this attention and get exposed. They, maybe they just want to go to Cal or UNLV and do their thing and, and, and then get, uh, get taken in the draft at a, at a good place. So I, it kind of, it kind of jumped out at me a little bit as maybe that's a reason why these 2015 guys are backing off some. I, I just, uh, wanted to get your take on that. Well, and, and you have some, you have some sample cases where you do have guys going to smaller. I mean, you, you had, you know, Anthony Bennett be the number one pick in the NBA draft. So you have these and stuff like that. Every school, every small school going against Kentucky is going to use that to their advantage and say, listen, you don't have to go to Kentucky uh, to be a high draft pick. That's not true. If you're good enough, you're going to be good enough everywhere. You don't need Kentucky's exposure. And the reason that works against Kentucky is because imagine Captain Arctic and Trevor when you're a 17 or 18-year-old kid and, and you think you're invincible. Nothing can hurt you. You're the best in the world. Anytime you've ever been beaten, it wasn't your fault. Somebody else messed up. So if you are a high school kid and somebody's telling you, listen, if you think that you're that good, you don't need Kentucky. Kentucky thinks you need you, thinks that you need them, that you have to use them to help your draft stock. Why don't you show them they're wrong? Have a little pride in yourself and show them you're wrong. So that's what other schools are saying to them. And if you're a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, you're going to say, well, hell yeah, I don't need them. Screw that. I can do this anywhere. I'm good enough to do this anywhere. If Anthony Bennett can do it, then I can do it. And what you see is that's just not the case. It, it's not. You do need being on ESPN every night. You do need that exposure. You do. I, I mean, nine out of ten players do, and there will be an exception. But when you go and play and you're not on TV and nobody hears about you for another six months, you're in trouble. I mean, look at Jalen Brown, as awesome as he is, and I know you like his game. I mean, half the cable networks in the U.S. don't even have the Pac-12 network. They're never on. They're never on uh, CBS or anything. I mean, who's going to see that guy play? And, and if they're, and I know you live out west, but even if they are on TV, even if they are on ESPN, with Bill Walden calling the games it's, higher it's, than it's a kite, 10, it's ten thirty at then, night. Yeah. Yes, it's ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Nobody's watching that, and they're generally on Saturday nights. Yeah. And guess what? Either you are going to bed early so you can get up early for Sunday brunch, or you are out of the bars. And trust me, if you're out of the bars, unless maybe you're, you know, unless you're maybe you're Trevor, you're not watching the TVs for for sporting events. You're not, and and, and nobody wants to see California versus Washington State. 
Nobody does, especially at 11 o'clock at yeah. night. You know, it's not like Kentucky plays All-Stars in the SEC every weekend. But if that's a 3.30 game on CBS, guess what? You're watching it. There's nothing else to do. So I agree with you 100%, Captain Arctic, but you have to look at it from the kids' shoes and how prideful they are and how confident they are in themselves. And you can't really blame them for that because we're all like that. We all were. Anybody that's a competitor thinks you, you don't want to tell somebody. You don't want somebody to tell you that you, that they, that you need them. You don't. You want to think that you can do it all for yourself uh, and put another school on the map, and it's it's not always right. And John Calipari, you know, sometimes this is unfortunate. Sometimes it's very mature, but sometimes it is unfortunate. He doesn't negatively recruit against another school. He could pull out papers about Cal. He could pull out papers against UNLV. He could pull out papers against Oregon for Jamal Murray and say, look at their numbers. Look at what they're doing. Do you really want to risk that? Yeah. And I think it worked, but he's not like that. So let me ask you, Captain Artie, do you like that John Calipari doesn't negatively recruit, or would you rather him kind of, you know, uh, flex his muscles a bit? No, I, I like the fact that he's just brutally honest. He, I mean, even even his game preparation, he claims that he doesn't watch film of the other team. It's all about his guys, and um, and the same approach is taken with the recruiting. So I, I like the fact that he doesn't negative, negatively recruit. Yeah, uh, he and that's you know that's, that's another thing. He's John Calipari is very confident. We talk about these players and what they want to do. He's very confident himself. He generally feels that he's going to have the better team than who he's playing against. And at the end of the day, talent mm. should shine out, so he should be able to win. So that's why he doesn't game plan. That's why he doesn't do that. Uh, so, uh, kind of give me your your take on the team without Jamal Murray next year, Captain Arctic. How confident do you feel that Kentucky can still be a, a Final Four contender? I think people should take a step back and, and, and stop looking at UK and look at the other teams that are out there right now. Um, yeah, we've lost a lot of recruits, but they're all, as we said many times, they're, they're really spread out across many different teams, many different teams that suck. And so in my mind, uh, what, we've, what we're going to be able to put out there is, is certainly going to be top five-ish, um, around top five, I would say. But the fact is, is there, there is nobody out there that they can't play with or that they can't beat. They're going to lose some games, no question. But uh, in terms of great teams, there's, there's nobody that's a, a clear-cut favorite. I guess you'd call UNC the favorite, but even they have their, their issues and challenges. So I feel good. I feel, I feel like we're, uh, we're going to be fine, and I like the fact that a lot of guys are going to get a lot of minutes, and that's, you know, that's the whole that was the whole struggle this year. I mean, can you imagine if a guy like Towns got 30 minutes a game? My God, he, it wouldn't even be a question of whether who was the number one pick. So I think guys getting, getting more minutes, namely, namely Euless and, uh, uh, and, and Briscoe and those guys, uh, at the, at the guard position, they're going to be, they're going to be fine. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. No, I'm not. I'm, I, you shouldn't be. I'm going to talk more about that. I'm also going to talk more about Carl Anthony Towns being the number one pick. Uh, and, and I know Captain Artie, you probably called in thinking you're going to say one thing and maybe hang up and listen. But you're you're one of the more informed Kentucky fans out there that I know of. And let me ask you one more thing, uh, because next year's going to be different. That, that that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. You don't need me on the radio telling you that it's going to be different. You're going to have guys playing 30, 35 minutes a game, and there 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 will be no talk of platoons. That will uh, dry up quickly you won't even hear that word used uh, but let me ask you this in hindsight because you look at last season and when you were following it along it was the most fun any Kentucky fans ever had it had to be if, and if you're saying it's not you're a liar uh, up until the end but not only does Kentucky not win a title not only does the dream season fall short not only do you lose seven guys to the draft because of that dream season but now you're missing a recruit because of it, because of the platooning. Uh, everybody on that team was so unselfish, but now guys don't want to be that unselfish. The, this 2015 class is different. So in hindsight, does these recruiting struggles make you scratch your head even more at the fact that Kentucky doesn't win a title and maybe make you a bit more bitter about the whole thing? Now, I've been able to separate the recruiting losses with the actual season. Um, I think... I tend to believe that the, the 2015 class is, is an anomaly, um, which makes me a bit anxious for 2016 to see where, where we're positioned there. But, but no, I don't, I don't really, I somehow am not really relating the recruiting failures to the season that we had, even though it seems convenient to cite the platoons. But, um, to me, to me, it was, it was a, 
about it was the greatest season that that could ever be, and it's just going to take a long time for it to to be looked at that way until we can get past the fact that they 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 fell short. And uh, uh, so I don't again I don't really tie it to the the 2015 recruiting too much. Um, I, I just don't think that's that's a huge factor. I just think these kids are are doing something different right now. It appears. They, well, they without a doubt are. Captain Eric, thanks so much for calling in on the uh, on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz line. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you, man. All right, buddy. Take care. And we're going to talk plenty more about what was discussed there and whether or not. TJ, I got to bring up one thing two, or two points that I need you to, to, to sure. at least clarify. Sure, sure. For me. One. You're I, being way too quiet, anyway. I, well, I was over stewing. Uh, one, I really hope you don't believe that you have to go to a East, a, a moderately big named or East Coast school just to get drafted. Like, like if they go to California, the NBA won't find them. I mean, especially now in today's day and age, but, uh, with everything. Trevor, I mean, these kids did, are known we... well before they go to California. Just because he's not a number one pick, doesn't mean you can't be a solid player and go to a school like California and not get drafted. And if you want to know, and when do we say that? When do we say that? You said a when second we ago with Captain Arctic. You said, you said that was to go somewhere like there. They're never going to be seen. They're going to be forgotten about because they're not because they're on West Coast television. Which, by the way, I like myself. Like to listen to Bill Walton. It's I do a fun game. Can I get higher than him during a broadcast? It's a game that is yeah, amusing. You don't, you don't watch him for the, the ba- you don't watch him for the basketball. You're proving my point. I you do watch him. Watch him well, no, and I, I I like Pac-12 basketball mainly because it is live basketball and at midnight and I'm a night owl, so I like being up that late. But even if I don't see, even if I am asleep and half the rest of the East Coast is asleep doesn't mean they're not being seen out there they're not being known they're, they are being videotaped there is game film they can go back and watch just because you go out west or go to even a smaller school in the East Coast that's not on TV on a regular basis not going to stop you from getting drafted that's especially nowadays I mean maybe if we were 19 in the mid 80s or even maybe at some point in the 90s I would accept that to a degree but I mean you can you can be a lottery pick maybe you might not go number one but you can definitely be a lottery pick. Alfred Payton was a lottery pick last year, and he went to Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, I can give you better examples than that, and that's just the first one that pops in my top of my head more recently. And second, and again, Cap- <laughs> and, and, well, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna address yeah. this. You hold that second one in the back of your head. Right. This, the, we never said that that hurts you from getting drafted. We never said that. We know that you can play out at Hawaii and get drafted if you're good enough. But I'm saying that that's the approach they use to these recruits. That is, they almost guilt trip and guilt trip them and say, if you think you're good enough, you're going to be able to play. If you're not, then go to Kentucky where they can help you out. But also, to a certain extent, you go out there and you do have to be really good or else people forget about you. I mean, Shabazz Shabazz Muhammad was the number one player in the class and nobody ever thought he could possibly ever not be the number one draft pick with how talented he was in high school. He goes to UCLA, which is actually you you know, bl- generally a pretty good Do you blame UCLA for that? I mean, he could have gone to Kansas and played poorly, just like... Uh, he didn't play poorly. He didn't play. He's he, had a pretty decent freshman year, all things considered. Yeah, he, he had a pretty decent year. And he was and exposed I don't have the for right being the 15th pick, and he ended up going 15th in the draft. I, I, I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but for if he would have put up those numbers at Kentucky or even Kansas or Duke, his freshman year numbers, oh man, Trevor, I promise you he would have been higher than 15. I, I disagree. Promise he you. might have gone one or two spots up maybe, but I doubt it would have affected him that that much. If he would have put the numbers that he did. He fell, I, he fell know, to the I'm, 15th I'm, because of his on-court and his off-the-court uh, problems, not because – or antics nonetheless, but not – not because what of what off-court problems did he well, have? He comes off as somewhat of an egomaniac. I mean, hell, he showed up to the draft late. He wasn't even there when he got picked, and he showed up three picks later and walked on stage. There's a the, reason the why he. That's the reason why he spent his rookie year in the developmental league for most of the time, going back and forth because he had issues adjusting. The reason he was dra- the reason that there was issues surrounding him is because you th- everybody thought that Adidas paid for him. That's Maybe. that's the issues. He, that's why people he fell to 15 were, because of his own on-court abilities, not because he played at UCLA or he played on a West Coast team or he played on a team that doesn't get seen on the East Coast on a regular basis. You he averaged 18, 18 points a game, five rebounds. He does, if he averages 18 points a game at Kentucky, you're telling me he's not a higher than a 15 pick? You're, you're high. You're high, Trevor. I am actually not. I didn't wake and bake today. <laughs> and that's not the point. The point is, yeah, I mean, you can average 18 points a game and not be a – a top 15 pick. Even no, at not, UCLA. A, not at Kentucky. 
Not at Kentucky. <laughs> Not under Calipari at Kentucky, at least. And the second point you was know. the was the exposing of the Harrison's Harrison twins and how going somewhere else to play better minutes can uh, can make you a better draft pick. I disagree. The platoon system actually, while it may have hurt recruiting for Kentucky, it actually benefited some players. For one, Devin Booker. Devin Booker was is. I'm not saying he would fall in the draft or go higher in the draft, but if he was gone somewhere like Missouri and gotten major minutes, put up a lot more points, he could have also been also picked apart a lot more than he did get yeah. in the playing time he got at Kentucky. And the same for Trey Lyles and maybe even Carl yeah. Towns for that matter. Well, I, I agree with you on some, but I, I think for some it helped, for some it it, it hurt. Carl uh, Anthony Towns likely probably would have been number one regardless. I agree. Be- I- I, you know, I think that's one. Devin Booker, I do agree with you. The platoon, help, the platoon system helped him, uh, helped him a lot. He could average bigger numbers, but there are some major flaws in his game that I think he will figure out. But as a freshman in college, you know, yeah. you're going to have some, you're going to have some shakeups. Uh, Trey Lyles, I don't necessarily agree with the platoon helped him. I think it also, you know, if he played for a team like Louisville, it could have, you know, he could have had a much better year. Now, again. I do think that there's something about Kentucky where exposure does help you. Uh, but a guy like Willie Cauley-Stein, if he was in his junior year at another school, I think he could have put up a lot bigger numbers, especially on the scoring side of things, and improved his drag stop. So I think for some, it helped. Some, it hurt. But the majority of it, it probably helped uh, maybe a little bit more than it hurt. But the fact that you agree not, with that? I, I understand, and I agree. It does work both ways. But with like Willie Cauley-Stein, like you said, he could have gone average more numbers. The fact he wasn't asked to do that, Means it means he can at least go into a conversation with an NBA GM and say, "Well, I wasn't asked to do it, so therefore you don't know if I can or not. And you don't know if he couldn't. Maybe he he can't put up bigger numbers if asked to. That gives you at least the mystery of the fact that that shows that goes. Well, he wasn't asked to do it, but we think maybe he can. We hasn't shown that he can't. We can't say he can't, but maybe he can yep. still. And that and the mystery and is I, what gets you drafted a lot more often than not in the NBA higher up than than does obviously product." Yeah, and I, you know, I understand and I agree with you there. But on the flip side also, he could use the, if I was on another team, I would have scored a lot more. But guys on another team that do score a lot more, say at a smaller school, that maybe average a lot more turnovers, uh, a much lower field goal shooting percentage, they could say, if I was on a better team with more talent around me, things would have been easier. I'll be, I'll have that in the NBA. So things will come easier to me. I'm a good shooter. Watch me in my workouts. I'll knock down 15 straight 12-footers. You don't have to worry about that. So it does go both ways. And if you want to pick at it one way, you're going to be right. If I want to pick at it the other way, I'll also be right. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 there's no right answer with it. It's, it depends on the, the player, not exactly. It's not a, not a given rule. There are tons of exceptions, clearly. I agree. All right, we're going to head to commercial break. We're running a little bit late, so we'll be right back here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Stick around. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, presented by Allen Electric. You lollygag the ball around the empty. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. We're back. A little hot, a little sticky, but all in all, you can't you can't disagree with the weather all that all that much. A uh, lot of lot of discussion, a lot of debate. That was a fun second segment, uh, and I do again appreciate Captain Art calling in the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Sheep and Ram Buzz Line, and also Trevor. I appreciate you bringing up some things that stood out that you that you disagreed with. I think that's what makes the show fun to have some uh, alternating opinions about it. Now, ultimately, I'm generally right, as you figured out. But uh, all in all, it's, it's it's good fun, Trevor. 
I'm never going to be shy to point out to your uh, shortcomings or your uh, or your lack of uh, perspective on what is right and wrong. And you're not sure you're not going to stop from telling me I'm an idiot. You know me too well. Uh, speaking of an idiot, so I, I risked it and let and let Abe kind of run around wild uh, during the show, just to see what he would do. Generally, I put him outside or I put him uh, in his cage. Uh, hell broke loose, Trevor. Uh, there was there were shoes uh, with the with the soles taken out of them. Uh, he, he brought his blanket from his cage out into the into the living room. Uh, he went crazy. Did he destroy uh, anything of Hannah's or Charlie's? Nothing destroyed uh, with the initial recon, uh, but. Every, when he wants attention, he'll bring stuff that he knows he's not supposed to have, and he doesn't chew it up. I mean, he's a smart dog. He doesn't chew it up, but he brings it out hoping that somebody will say, hey, no, you shouldn't have that, and comes over and touches him and takes it out. It's actually kind of cute altogether. All My dog, when he was younger, they, he chewed up only two things when he wanted attention, or I would, leave him, I would leave him out when I would go out. He would either, A, if I ever left any kind of pin on my, uh, on my coffee table, he would take an ink pen off and chew up the ink pen and get ink everywhere, which cost me a deposit at one of the uh, one of my old apartments when I first had him. Or B, he would do this when I slept. He would he would chew up my shirts, and he would only chew like the, the neck hole. So for about a year and a half span, where it, you don't see me as often, but it should come as no shock. I really don't buy a lot of new clothes very often. I still wear shirts I've had for years. I, hell, I've got a shirt that still fits me a miracle. In that case, it says 2002 Conference USA Champions for Louisville on it. And if it fits me, and I sometimes wear it around the house, but any shirt in that span all have holes around the neck, where my dog would just constantly chew my. He would pull them out, pull it out of the the laundry basket at night, and chew up my shirts. I don't know why he hasn't done it in years, thankfully. But those were the only two times he ever chewed anything when I wasn't uh, watching him constantly. It's you know, dogs they're. They're great, and, and Abe means well. He just we he just wants you to love on. We him. messed him. We yeah we I know we messed him up when he was a puppy. I mean he is completely dependent on human touch and wants to be recognized and wants to be rubbed and scratched and pet. Hey, uh, he's the key. He's literally all, the cut of this dog in the world. Don't don't we, don't we all just want that? Don't we all just want to be yeah. touched and rubbed uh, and, and petted? No. On a, on a slower summer day, Trevor, we could talk about the uh, the human needs and, and and what it all what all everything that matters. Uh, but uh, so that's that's how I spent my commercial break is picking up stuff that that Abe chewed on. And the good news is, well, the bad and the good news. We need to take another one. Is the bad news? The good news is I, I picked up everything, so I won't have to worry about that. Uh, so stick around here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. We're going to come back. We're going to talk draft. We're we're not too far away from it. We're going to talk U.S. Open um, and maybe a little bit about Kentucky's lineup next season because again they're going to be really good without Jamal Murray. People need to remember that. So stick around here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. grinds my gears. Where exactly in the Bible does it say a man can't fire off some knuckle children in the privacy of his own neighbor's living room while his neighbor's at work because I don't have a DVD player? Well, I don't know where it says it because the Bible is way too long to read. You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Back here for Sports Buzz. One final segment here on this Monday. Trevor, did you do anything fun this weekend? Um, I watched a new movie. I watched. Uh, uh, I watched H- HBO uh, premiered the movie Gone Girl uh, with Ben Affleck, a multiple Academy Award winner movie. Uh, I don't go to a lot of theater movies, even though I did go to two last week, which is the first two movies I'd been to since I took uh, my friend's kid to see Wolverine. So it's been, I don't go to theaters very often. So I hadn't seen it yet, and uh, I enjoyed it. It was actually a pretty good movie. Watched the uh, 
Do you have, I didn't have a chance to watch the new uh, True Detective last night, but I did watch the new show Ballers that uh, it premiered on HBO as well. So, all in all, that's, that's about all I accomplished this weekend, other than uh, occasionally uh, turning on to see who was winning the golf tournament. I, I watched Ballers and True Detective. I, did, I haven't seen the first True Detective. I'm going to go back and watch that after this season. You don't have to watch them season in a row because they're, every season's something different. Uh, yes, I know. I know. Okay. I'm going to be aware of that. Uh, True Detective was kind of confusing. Again, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't seen the first season, kind of went into it having no clue. Uh, there were some entertaining parts. I'm going to keep watching. It, it seems like something you have to invest your time into and can't be uh, fiddling around on your phone when watching it, so I'm okay with that. Now, what did you think of Ballers? Because we both watched that. Uh, uh, so-so, maybe. Uh, I, I was... I don't know. I, I went into it with the expectations, thinking it was... Maybe going to be something kind of a play. I don't know if you remember Playmakers, an ESPN show that was great for one year. Oh, yeah. Canceled because Roger Goodell has a uh, complex about his uh, uh, shortcomings. But uh, it was I, I felt it going to be a mix between that and the old show Arliss that used to be on HBO, which was about agents. And it kind of did fall into a mix between those two. It was a very slow 30-minute premiere. But, I mean, I, I'm not going to judge it by, especially on a 30-minute show, I'll give it at least – I'd say I'll give it four episodes before I say, okay, I'm either done with this or I want to continue watching this. And at this so point, if you have I'm kind four, of, if you have, so so if you have four more episodes like you had last night, you're finished. I'm done. Yeah, I, it wasn't. It didn't, it didn't. I know it was just there to really introduce you to the characters. That's all really this first episode could do. Especially in 30 minutes, it was just really wanting to introduce you to the characters and kind of get a feel for who you're going to be watching this season. But it was kind of, yeah. I mean. I guess you take out the the club bathroom scene, and it's pretty much because I probably would have given it maybe a C. <laughs> so that bumped it up to what a B minus. The guy having sex with a girl in the bathroom. C plus B minus, yeah. Jeez, Trevor. Uh, here's you know I I didn't think it was great. I I was not jaw dropped waiting till next week. I I didn't sit patiently waiting scenes for next week and and hoping just to get a glimpse of what may happen but i was entertained for the most part in terms of a tv show and it it did remind me of the more sports related entourage did you not get that vibe yeah and yates actually just texted and said he felt it was more playmakers and entourage mix than playmakers are listen yeah i did yeah it did kind of feel like a entourage in the sports world it did i did get that feeling as well but that being said i'm I'm okay, you know. I'm okay with that. I liked Entourage well enough to. I mean, is it going to be as predictable as Entourage was, where every season was? Well, let me guess. Uh, Vince does a new, just like the movie. Vince does a new movie. Everyone says it's going to fail. His life is coming to an end. He's going to be broken, and suddenly the movie is a success, and everyone's happy, and they're doing cocaine with turtle and it's by poolside now. I mean, it, it, that's how every season and every episode, or basically every season of Entourage was. It was going to be like that, where it's going to be all. They're facing broke, being broke, or being out of the league, and then suddenly, you know, they're, 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 it, something comes up, and he has a four interception game, and he's back to being on top of the world, and everything's all good and grand. grand. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna deal with that. I, I, that. That was the last four seasons of Entourage, and it was almost tough getting through that for me. It wasn't tough to get through that. It was so I mean, predictable. it was predictable. Yeah, it was predictable, but it, I mean, you still got to watch it. And I kept thinking, I kept thinking that was James Harden, the guy that that ran, like ran for the boat and trying to get on the Dolphins team. I, I agree. Kept, I kept thinking that was they, James they, Harden for some reason. They kept talking about how he was he was twenty second all time in NFL career receptions, and he was a slot receiver and a few <laughs> things. One, that dude was not nearly big enough to be a receiver. A cornerback, maybe not a receiver, even a slot receiver. You've got to have a little a little bulk to you, if, especially if you're that short. Two, if he was 22nd all-time in career NFL receptions and only 29 years old, he'd be picked up like that. And I guess yeah. ultimately he was, but it, they made it seem like it was you know a coin flip whether or not a team was going to give him another chance. All he did was get in a fight at a bar, and it's not like it was, there was knives or guns involved or drugs. He, he dropped a guy in the face, and that was it. He dropped, and, and granted, I mean, the, the reasons why he did it are irrelevant because we would say this in, in, in a real-life case. If a player did that, the reasons, because being a, no matter how revoked the guy was or how much crap the other guy talked to him, there's no reason to still punch him. But I, it just, I don't know, it did seem kind of stereotypical a little bit. I, I wasn't, again, I give it a C at the moment, and 
If it's going to keep me after four episodes, it better move itself up to more of a B minus B area for me to keep watching. Even though it is only 30 minutes, so I guess it's not really that bad. If, if, if worst case scenario, I will keep watching. If it's 30 minutes long and 15 of it is probably a bunch of half-naked hot, hot, hot women walking around, which I have a good feeling that's what it's going to be, then, then maybe I will keep watching it because, I mean, that's, I've done worse with 30 minutes of my time. That seems like right up your alley. We'll change the subject. Uh, first, I want to talk a little NBA draft, and I want to talk a little U.S. Open. Man, sometimes, Trevor, an hour and a half just isn't a long enough, is it? It seems like it sometimes, and there's a lot of, uh, I'll let you start with your Open talk, but uh, some U.K. names have recently come up very strong in trade talks uh, with the NBA draft coming up this week. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that's literally what I've got pulled up right here. Uh, it seems like the Lakers really want to Marcus Cousins and are willing to do uh, do a lot and give a lot to be able to get him. Not to mention the I Knicks would, are apparently would, uh, maybe looking at Eric Bledsoe. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that as well. But that you know, and I and I think Eric Bledsoe is great. And if he went to New York, he'd do he'd do good things. But uh, Demarcus Cousins is, I think, potentially could be an NBA MVP. And his move is more drastic, in my opinion. What do you make of that news and, and how likely, you know, I know you're not an NBA, you're not an NBA analyst, but what would you think the likelihood of him possibly going to the Lakers would be? Uh, I think it, it it depends what the deal is, clearly. I mean, if uh, if, if, the, if the Lakers are, I mean, the, the Lakers are willing to give up as one, per, I've seen one just person just something, tweeted something about maybe Julius Randle, the number two pick. If I'm the Kings, I would, I would, I would, I wouldn't just say suddenly, suddenly hang up the phone no matter what, just because the original name said in trade options is possibly Demarcus Cousins. I would listen, especially if the number two pick is on the board, because if you're giving up the willing to give the number two pick with possible pieces, and there's not, listen, the Lakers don't have a lot of pieces to give up. I mean, they don't, they just don't. I mean, Julius Randle is one of the few, really, be honest with you, is the, and I know Jordan Clarkson was an All NBA rookie. But he's really the only one on that roster that is even would make my ear perk up for any other reason to go with a number two pick for a guy like Cousins. If that was on the table, I'm not saying I'd pull. Well, they do. Have, they do. Have, they hey, they also have the number two pick. Well, that's what I'm saying. You would have to give the number two pick in the deal. Clearly, I mean that would be. There's no doubt about it. Because if you're the yeah, Kings, I, I, you, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'd pull the trigger on a deal if they offered a player with the number two pick. And again, it would have to be probably Randall for me to maybe pull the trigger on it, but. If I'm Sacramento, I would definitely I would consider it because if you look at this option, you're, yes, you're giving up a all a possible All NBA center. I'm not denying Cousins' ability, but you're also giving up a player that has given you a little bit of thorn in your side. It has has while maybe not maybe is, is stereotyped for being a lot worse than he really is. Is has been somewhat of a thorn, and if you're getting the number two pick. You are at least replacing him with a guy more than likely, if not Julio Okafor, with Carl Anthony Towns. So you're replacing him with another potential all-pro big man or first-team all-NBA big man if you give him up. So I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss it. anything after the two-pick. No, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't be guaranteed one of the big men. And you don't give up right, well, a well, guy like a DeMarcus Cousins of ability at, a, at a, the big man position if you're not willing to get another a possible replacement future star big man in this place. All right, well, L.A. calls you. You're Sacramento tomorrow, okay. and they say, we're going to give you the number two pick, Julius Randle. We went to Marcus Cousins and uh, what you know, whatever whatever Sacramento's pick is. Do you do it? Uh, I would ask for maybe a, I'd ask for maybe an additional pick uh, just to be uh, greedy just and lower from there. But, I would yes, I would be willing to probably pull that trigger on that. And I like DeMarcus uh, I, Cousins. I do. I just uh, is it, it's a, the common phrase that I love using a lot is a juice worth the squeeze though. And in this case, I think it is for Cousins, but maybe it isn't if you're talking about being able to replace him with a with a player who can bring a, just the same kind of impact at the center position that Cousins can with a, with a little bit less of the headaches that Cousins does bring with him. And that's be Okafor. I mean, you know how I feel with the with the headache stuff, but I, I think if you're Sacramento, I agree with you. You do have to at least listen to what the Lakers have to say because Demarcus Cousins clearly isn't over well. You know, over. Yeah, I hear you. You there? My, I'm sorry. I feel. I'm sorry, man. The internet here. We're getting it checked out here soon. It's just been terrible. It's all good, man. Should happen. 
I feel bad. I knew. I knew. I should know it was coming. I could feel your. Vo- I could hear it in your voice starting to kind of crackle a little bit. But then I started to decide. I can't decide if that was me making you mad about saying I would dump cousins on the trade or uh, me calling him a, a problem off the court in some way. I didn't know if that was a, if that was crackling the voice or if it was the internet. I was kind of confused. Well, all right. Here we go. Uh, we we want. You, we're gonna. I'm gonna bring you back. Okay. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna play a region. I'm just gonna kind of bring you back raw. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. All right. We're going to come back here in uh, less than 30 seconds. Then. We're back here, 1450 of Sports Buzz. I apologize for the technical difficulties. That's on my end. Uh, Trevor's been doing a hell of a job on the board over there in southern Indiana, and that one is on me, so I do apologize. Uh, but we are back, and that's the good news. And We were talking about the trade. Did you move uh, outside, it- by the way? I, I have, I, I've been doing this, this show outside because – uh, for it, it's it's pretty hot inside my house, so there's no difference being outside. So I've been out here. Why do you hear birds? Yeah, will you like throw some Alka Seltzer at those things and get them quiet? It's Mother Nature, man. We're we're taking the show out in the wild. Um, I don't like to listen to birds singing in the background. It feels like you're watching the Masters. It feels like you're watching a golf tournament. It feels like you're listening to a golf tournament. But well, if that's the case. Uh, I'm taking a nap if we're going to watch the Masters. I was going to say, instead of it being boring, it's going to be entertaining uh, with the sports talker. Uh, but yes, I am outside. I'm glad you were able to stint that out. And there's a uh, there was a wind chime above me that was just going. The whole show was just going nuts. So eventually, I just had to grab it uh, and take it down during the commercial break, and I was able to do that uh, during during one of the earlier segments. But uh, we were talking we were talking the trade and a potential trade with Demarcus Cousins. To Sacramento, uh, or leaving Sacramento to go to the Lakers, and we were talking about whether or not you'd do that or not. I, I even think for the Kings, and for some of the reasons I mentioned, I don't know exactly where I got cut off, but you've got a guy in DeMarcus Cousins who I do think could be an NBA MVP and who could be fantastic, but he has shown, and I never like to say a bad word about DeMarcus, but he has shown that maybe he's not going to be able to win by himself, which can any player in, in this day and age in the NBA and not name maybe LeBron, Probably not. Uh, so he has shown maybe he's not going to be able to win by himself. Two, he's shown he gets a little worked up being in Sacramento when they lose. And he's done a lot of losing because they haven't been to the playoffs yet. So maybe it is time, if you're if you're the Kings, Trevor, to start anew. One, you get a very promising player in Julius Randle, a, a workhorse uh, who, yes, he's coming off injury, and yes, that would raise some, some questions. Uh, but... By all accounts, he's come off injury before. He's dominated. He dominated high school. He dominated college basketball. Uh, even looked good in some of his early NBA games. Not just the his er, you know not just his real NBA games, but some summer league preseason type type of stuff. So you'd be promising play in that, and then also a guy in Jaleel Okafor who five months ago, four months ago, everybody thought was going to be the number one pick. Uh, who everybody thought without a doubt would be the number one pick. So. If you're the Kings, I think you do ha- strongly have to look at possibly making that move. Now, if if you're the Lakers, this is the right move because to me, again, you take in a situation where you're not bringing in Cousins, especially with the second pick. And even if you take Oakford right away with the second pick, doesn't guarantee you're going to win right away. And you just kind of point out one of the things that has been does cause Cousins to sometimes lose his cool in certain degrees and. We've seen that in Sacramento where he has had at least one coach already fired. He demanded a trade at one point. Now, he's under contract, though, for another four years, which is one reason the Kings may not want to deal with him because, let's be honest, nobody really, not a lot of free agents don't get in line to come to Sacramento. And if you have a 24-year-old first-team caliber all-NBA center in a, in, a, in a time of the NBA where there's less than probably a handful of centers at his level locked up for four more, five more years, you don't really want to get, move him even if you are getting maybe – a guy like Okafor because he might only be with you for another two years and then bounce as soon as his rookie contract is up. Yeah, I mean you're 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 right about that. It, it's a risk for the Kings, no matter which way you look at it. And if you're the Lakers it, and you're not going to win, you bring in Cousins. I mean, do you really want to bring in that kind of kind of distraction again to go along stop. with? Stop. Well, I'm just saying, if, if the Lakers aren't winning and he's going to be upset about it and he's going to possibly cause a distraction. How's that going to mix with either Kobe? How's how's uh, Swaggy P going to accept that? How 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 is it going to be okay for the Lakers to to go forward? Who, 
Who cares what Swaggy P has to say about that? If he says anything, you cut him. Well, well listen, you know, ideally, this might be this might be optimistic, but you maybe have three more years of Kobe, maybe two. You're being and, you're still being optimistic at two. I'm not being optimistic at two. You're but, stretching it. But but you do have, and and you know what? You're right. There could be a scenario where Cousins they're losing. Kobe is shooting 40 shots a game, and I'm not exaggerating. He's shooting 40 shots a game, and Cousins says. We're losing. What the hell is going on? You're not what you used to be. Stop. You know, so you're right about that. But also, they could b- bring in Dwayne Wade off free agents. Uh, they, You know, there are, are there some other moves that they could potentially make? And, and maybe you build this thing where, kind of like the the Boston Celtics, uh, the, very late on in, in the Kevin Garnett era, where you go, all right, we're going to win. For, we're going to try to win this one year. If it doesn't work, then, you know, that's it. Uh, maybe you do that with the Lakers where you say, all right, we've got a one, two-year window, but we do have a young piece into Marcus Cousins where even if things don't go as we wanted them to go, as long as we draft well, as long as we can attract some other free agents, and they're always going to because they're the Lakers, we've got a big piece here. Uh, we can be okay. So if I'm the Lakers, I do whatever you can to bring him here. And I know, Trevor, you're worried about potential uh, drama and issues because he doesn't like losing and this and that and you all are a lot harder on DeMarcus Cousins than I'll ever be but if you're able to get him you send your first round pick you send Julius Randle and you do just that if I'm the Laker if I'm the Kings I pull the trigger on it as long as I'm not giving up my sixth pick in this draft though I want to keep the second and sixth pick and I think you could probably do that if you offer maybe another future first round pick which at that point I would just dangle that and hope that it ends up being in the middle of the round to where no one cares about it, like the Celtics who picked up 20 picks and now they're just trying to dump half of them, them and the Sixers, because most of them ended up being in the 20s. They don't want those picks now. But if I'm the no. Lakers, I don't pull that trigger. I, I go with Okafor at number two. I go with what you mentioned, drafting Okafor, then still then going to sign a guy like Wade, maybe signing a free agent, let Swaggy P go, let hopefully Kobe's contract come off the books sooner than possible. Maybe he'll swallow his pride and take a pay cut. I doubt it. And – Go it that way. If I'm the Lakers, I don't. I don't make this move. I just. I. You're trying to build something brand new, and I'm not saying that bringing in Cousins wouldn't be a bad thing. He's a great player, but I, I would just. If my, personally, me, I would rather have Okafor if I'm trying to start something fresh and new, and that's what the Lakers are both and the Kings technically are trying to do. Well, I don't. And it, it, you know, we talk about possibly sending Julius Randle there, and then the number two pick, which everybody assumes would be. Uh, Julia Lokavor, the Lakers and the Kings, you do not want a front court of Julius Randle and Julia Lokavor. You don't. Defensively, that is terrible. That's a terrible front court. When, if you're the Kings, either way, though, when you're the Kings and Lakers, you, you don't, that's why I agree it's not a great defensive front, back front court. You don't, that's the least of your concerns when you're trying to build from basically scratch like the Kings. I mean, the Kings right now, do not have a very well, good defensive team to begin with, and the Lakers yes, basically are yeah. scraps all around them as well. I wanted, well, I wanted to disagree with you, but from a King standpoint, yeah, you take that and you'd be happy with it. Hopefully, you get butts in the seats because you're putting up 110, 15 points per game. You still got Rudy Gay out there taking 40 shots as well. If you're the Kings, but, it, but if you're the Lakers, you know the Kings. You may be a gimmicky team that puts up a bunch of points. People like you. Maybe you sneak into the playoffs a few years down the road, and that's fun. The Lakers, they obviously play for championships, and you're not going to win a championship with Julia Logafor and Julius Randle being your 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 two main guys in the front court. You're not going to. Even though it's great offensively, it's fun. It's just it's not good enough defensively. It's not good. It's not good enough shot blocking. It's not even good enough rebounding. All things considered. To, to be able to do that. And, you know, I'm, I, I think Julius Randle is going to be a great pro. He's just not a great defender. And, the other, and, and, and Julia Logafor is a terrible defender. And before we get out of here, because I want to I get this in here too, but the other big rumors you kind of mentioned right now is basically the Suns. We should have last as Captain Arctic while being a Phoenix native when he was on with us. Of course, I didn't see it when he was with us. But the Suns supposedly offering Eric Bledsoe and the 13th pick, the Knicks were the fourth pick. This is also kind of a – a very enticing possible win-win type trade like with the one we just discussed, depending on your perspective of the players. Do you pull this deal off if you're New York? Yeah, I would – I don't know. Uh, and, and, you know, this is coming from a guy, again, I like Eric Bledsoe, and I think he's great. But this is – here's the thing is a lot of people are willing to, to part with Eric Bledsoe, Trevor. So what does that tell you? 
you know, the Clippers let him go, even though they 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 well, have the Clippers Chris didn't Paul. want to pay him though. That's why they well, let yeah, him go. I, but but you know, he's still if he was that good of a backup with Chris Paul, and you're thinking, okay, the regular season's really long. Chris Paul is no spring chicken. You might have to, you might have to, you might have to keep them. So that and Doc uh, Rivers is kind of, a, I think, a little bit of a moron when it comes to being a general manager. Sometimes I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. But now, now Phoenix is at least entertaining the idea of leaving him. So I, I, I think you know you got to wonder if maybe if every NBA team is willing to depart with him, maybe he's not worth holding on to. And I still think he's great. Does that mean he's a perfect fit for New York? Yeah, probably. It's, it's you know we we need Brett Dawson on here, my boss, to give us a better answer there. But uh, I I still think he's a really good player. I think he's got a promising future. But it does raise some question marks if teams are just uh, all willy nilly saying that they're they're okay letting them go. I think Phoenix so, is one to trim because of the cluster bleep they have at point guard position because almost kind sketchy. of landing Brandon Knight in their in their lap and. And now they're kind of like, okay, well, we have to pick between the two. Which two would we rather move? Let's move the guy that we just gave a large contract. Even though it's not a huge contract Bledsoe has, let's move the guy that has the bigger contract than than, than, than Brandon Knight, who's also, I mean, I think it maybe it might not be a lot, but maybe a year or two younger. But if you're New York, if you do this pick, you got to look at it this way. Is there anybody, If who, who can I get that may be better than what Eric that I know what I'm getting with Eric Bledsoe right now. Right now I know what I'm getting with Bledsoe. Is he going to be is he going to become a better player? Maybe a little bit, but right now you pretty much know what you're getting with him. You're getting a guy that's a, a slasher, a good on ball defender, not a great outside shot, but a, a score at the NBA and can play one or two in in terms of the position. Is there something better than that right now? For is the guy from Salivia, the uh, Porcus or whatever his name is, the seven footer? Is he better than that? Is is Manuel Mudiay? Would he be better than that? That's the question you have to ask yourself if you're New York and Phil Jackson right now. Because if you don't think he is, then you don't make the trade. But if he is, you pull that right well, away because you still get the 13th pick and you can still land a guy like maybe a Trey Lyles, Cameron Payne, Kelly Oubre, somebody like in that lineup. Yeah, and that, I, I agree with you 100% because I do think Eric Bledsoe right now is better than, without a doubt, Emmanuel Moutier and, and probably probably D'Angelo Russell, although maybe in a few years that necessarily won't be the case. Uh, but you know you're looking at getting Justice Winslow at number four, who I love. I think I, I think he'll be a much better pro than people are giving him credit to be, despite uh, his, his questions of playing a three. Uh, but maybe at number thirteen, you could get a Stanley Johnson, like you mentioned. You could get a Trey Lyles. You could get a Kelly Oubre. Uh, there's Bobby Portis, who's incredibly versatile. So I don't think it's that big of a gap where you pass up on a talent like Eric Bledsoe. So I do that too. Uh, we're out of time. We didn't get a. Enough time to talk about the draft today, but we've got Tuesday, we've got Wednesday, we've got Thursday, we've got plenty of time. I didn't get to talk about the U.S. Open, so we'll carry that over to tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for Captain Arta calling in, and as always, Trevor, it was a pleasure. So stick around for tomorrow's 14, uh, the, the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Got ahead of myself there. Uh, we'll see you then. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor Say it's time to take a trip to where the grass is blue And peep how the mere south do Come on